Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. At Joy Church, you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you, where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny. We thank you, Father God, 2 Peter 3, team. We grow in grace and knowledge as a result of this teaching session. And I pray, Galatians 4.19, that Jesus Christ would become more formed in us. And I say it, and I pray it in the name of my Lord and best friend, Jesus. And if you agree, would you say amen? amen. I love this series we are beginning today. Very excited about it. We have entitled it Fail. Everybody say Fail. Discovering that failure can actually be a part of your success. Anybody in the house ever fail? Anybody in the house, you failed right there because you failed to lift your hand. We have all failed. We've all been there. And if you haven't been there, if you're holy and perfect and wonderful, I need you to see a whole bunch of folks failing. Check it out. Come on, you might as well clap you want to. My favorite is the guy with the eyebrow. That is absolutely my favorite. We've all failed. We've all been there. And if you have, I want you to know you're in good company. Anybody ever hear of a guy by the name of Abraham Lincoln? Check out all of the difficulties that he went through. Very, very phenomenal. Look at this. Lincoln had one year of formal education. Number two, Lincoln failed miserably in business in 1831. Number three, Lincoln was defeated for legislature. Number four, Lincoln failed in business again a year later. Number five, Lincoln's fiance died in 1835. Number six, Lincoln was defeated for the Speaker of the House in 38. Lincoln had three of his four sons die before they turned 18. I want you to think about that. 
Very difficult. People don't know what that president went through. Look, look. Uh, uh, number eight, Lincoln was defeated for Congress in 1843. Number nine, Lincoln was defeated again for Congress in 48. Lincoln was defeated in, for the Senate in 1850. Uh, Lincoln was defeated for the vice presidency in 1856. Number 12, Lincoln was defeated in the Senate in 1858. And 13, Lincoln was elected president in 1860. Abraham Lincoln was one of our greatest presidents ever, and yet you see all that he went through and all the difficulty that he went through, and yet he is known as a man of success. I really want to help us redefine some things because there is a great difference, listen to me closely, between sinning and failing. And a lot of people in the body of Christ don't understand that truth. They equate one and the same, and they are very different biblically. Let me give you four different thought processes so that we can see the difference between sinning and failing. We're going to redefine what failure is in your eyes, and I think it's going to help you be a much greater success in the Lord. Let's talk about it. Number one, check it out. Sin is intentional while failure is accidental. How many understand that when we sin, we love to blame it on other folk? We're famous for that. We began that in the Garden of Eden with Adam. It's this woman you gave me, God. Can't be me. It's got to be her and you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You, you're clearly blaming me for your sin right now. We all do that. We tend to justify. We tend to blame other folks. And look at me, everybody. Look at the pastor. We are in an hour right now that is so blame-oriented. Everybody is a victim, and everybody is blaming everybody else. And at some point in my life, I've got to take personal responsibility for my own sin. Don't you remember what James said in James chapter 1, 14 and 15? He said, when we sin, we're tempted and drawn away, watch this now, of our own lust. Everybody say own lust. Notice it didn't even say the devil. I don't know if anybody in the house is, is old enough to remember Flip Wilson. Uh, remember remember his, his famous line was, it was the devil made me do it. It was the devil that made me do it. Anybody remember that? I'm not old enough to remember. I asked Pastor Dave. Uh, uh, the devil, listen to me very closely. The devil is a tempter, no question about it, but we cannot blame our sin even on the devil. When I sin, I'm tempted and drawn away of my own lust. Now, will he jump on that bandwagon? You better believe it. Will he begin to tempt and initiate that bandwagon? You better believe it. But when I sin, I've got to own it. I can't even blame my mother-in-law. As much as I would like to, sin is absolutely intentional. But failure is accidental. And we have to understand that they're two very different things biblically, and we need to begin to redefine them for your success. Second thing that we need to understand, and this is huge, when we sin, we are temporarily out of the will of God. When we fail, we are truthfully still in the will of God. How many in the house, you've, you've sinned at some point in your Christian life? How many of your very first sin was not lifting your hand? 
We've all been there, and when we sin, aren't you glad for 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9? If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. In other words, i got to admit it, quit it, and then forget it. In other words, i got to learn from it, laugh at it, and then let it go. When I confess my sin to God is not when I found out about it. And aren't you glad you don't need to confess your sins to a man? That you can go right to God, you can bypass me, you can bypass a priest, you can bypass a pastor, and go right to God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You have access. I love that. And so I want you to know, when I sin, I'm temporarily out of the will of God. When I fail, I'm still truthfully in the will of God. I've just failed. I've just learned a way that does not work. It's a part of my success. And boy, is that important. Let's take a look at our third thought here. Number three, sin is attempting to do something wrong and succeeding. Failure is attempting to do something right and failing. How many ever have succeeded at sin? Uh, we, we all have. I, I, was, I, I was trying to do something. Listen to me. You ever, hear the, you ever hear the phrase, you know, well, that guy's practicing sin? You ever hear that phrase? How many know when we practice something, we're trying to get better at it? And as believers, we should not be trying to get better at something that's killing us. That seems counterproductive to me being the brain surgeon that I am. But listen, when I fail, I'm trying to do something right, and I simply make a mistake. I, I'm not trying to do something wrong. I'm trying to do something right, and I failed at it. Look at, look at, look at Psalms 37, 23, and 24. I love these verses. They're very powerful. You'll recognize verse 23 very readily, but you might not recognize verse 24. Look at, look, look at this verse. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So many of us know that, that God orders our steps. But look at verse 24. How many know that 24 is supposed to be in context with 23? Right. And look at what it says. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for God upholds him with his hand. So here it really presents a picture. Oh, you might as well clap. Come on. That little hand clap sounded like on the 18th hole of the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. Come on, if you're going to do something, just do it, right? Just do it. Listen to me. We see the picture of God in verse 23 where he's ordering our steps. We are progressively making progress in God. And in that process, from time to time, how many know we fall? Uh, I'm looking at a couple of business owners. They own one of the best gyms in this whole area, and they've expanded to another, uh, another area as well. They're getting larger. I promise you, as they launched out into their business venture, they made a couple of mistakes. As a pastor, you know, we started this church from scratch. We knew nobody. We started this church with 18 people. Can you imagine that? About 17 years ago. We knew nobody in this area. We moved from Knoxville to start this church. It was a total venture of faith. We didn't know a soul. Now here we have 
well over 2,200 active Joy Team members, not just on a roll, they're active. They've not all yet regathered with us, but they're coming. They're trickling in a little by little. Every single week I'm seeing new people that I haven't seen for a while, and sometimes I have to see you behind a mask, but I still know you. And I'm so glad to see you. I promise you, over those 17 years, we made a few mistakes. We weren't trying to do something wrong. We were trying to do something right. And as God was ordering our steps, from time to time, we failed. But the thing that I love about God is notice what he said. We won't be utterly cast down, and he will uphold us with his hand. That's good news. You might as well clap right there. You met me and Josh like that. I love that about God. He's always waiting to catch us when we fall. And we do. We're not trying to sin and trying to do something wrong. That's not our heart to do. We're trying to follow the steps of God. From time to time, we fail. And that's what I love about God. As I mentioned before, right now, we're not in the hugging stage, which I hate because I'm a hugging pastor. I'm, I, I'm a very affectionate kind of pastor. And, and so I don't like the elbow things that I got to do. I really, really don't. Uh, but there's coming a time. And we have one usher uh, that they really, really want to hug. And, and, and they, they, so they got, they've concocted something with Pastor Rob, our youth pastor. They said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend like I'm falling. You catch me. And, and we'll just say, you know, you were catching me, but between us, we know it's a hug. So I kind of like that idea. But that is what God does for us when we fall. He's not afraid of COVID. He loves us. And if you're stepping out for God, he'll catch you when you fall. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Come on, can we give God a big thanks for that? Anybody, anybody in the house got kids? How many got kids, but you're ashamed of them and you won't admit it? They're, you, they're awful urchins and you just hate them. Come on. <laughs> All right. You, you, okay. If you got kids, you know this. You, you remember when they were growing up? I, 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 got, I got my little buddy. Uh, he came last weekend. Uh, he's with his dad today. I, I met him again today. His name is Yule. Little Yule back there is maybe, I don't know how old he is, Dad, maybe one or two years, probably two. I think he's probably two. I don't know. It's hard for me to tell anymore. Maybe he's 17. I don't know. <laughs> He's about two and a little Yule. You know, I promise I remember John. He, he was in Saturday service. My kid, he's 17 now. And now he's working with the children as we speak. And if you have kids, you need to be praying for your children. And I remember John when he was just little. And he was first learning to walk. And, and, and you know, he was taking his first steps. You know, and don't you love how kids, when they first begin to walk, they just... How many, how many know what I'm talking about? How many still walk that way? You're 50-something and you still walk that way. How many walk that way when you really have to go to the bathroom really bad? You can always tell. You can always tell who's holy and who's not when, when I'm preaching. You, you can always tell. And, 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 I, and I love that. When John was little, when he was first beginning to walk, from time to time he would fall. Never one time when he fell did I say, Now, son, get up. You need to repent. Repent, you little blaspheming two-year-old, repent. Never once did I do that. You know what I did? Because he didn't sin, he just fell. I picked him up, 
and I helped him take his next step. There's a difference between sinning and failing. You're just walking. God's ordering your steps, and from time to time, you're going to fall. Amen. We have folks that come here all the time that come uh, from halfway houses and so forth. You, 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 know, you know one of the reasons that people come to this church from different halfway houses is because of this pastor. And I don't mean because I'm a, a great preacher. It's because they know something maybe some of our first-time guests don't know. I mentioned earlier, 36 years of ministry, long time. But 38 years ago, I was an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar. Right. So when you come here, you're not going to get judged. You're going to get helped. Because if I judged you, I would have to judge myself. And every single time, ladies and gentlemen, if you're here and you fall, we'll keep picking you back up. We'll keep picking you back up. Just keep getting back up. Just keep getting back up. You got to get up one more time than you've fallen. Just keep getting back up. And I can tell you, listen, I can tell you with all certainty on the other side of that, I was addicted to so many things before I met Jesus. And again, 38 years ago, I didn't know the Lord. I was an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar. And I think it helps me be a better pastor. I'm not one of these goody-two-shoe pastors that grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church. I grew up in the world. I've been where you are plus worse. I've awakened in my own vomit. I have uh, bled internally because of my alcohol consumption. Again, talking many years ago before I knew the Lord. But I can also tell you now, after decades, more than three decades of freedom without ever going back, freedom is so great. And God wants every one of you to be free long-term. So if you fall, God is there to pick you back up. Isn't that great news? Yes. I've got myself excited today. That's why. You guys wonder why I'm so fired up about God, because I knew what I was. I know who he made me. All of my relationships were destroyed. My health was destroyed. My life was destroyed. And I watch God pick me back up, and I watch as I begin to renew my mind to the Word of God and began to get one day at a time freedom. Now, oh, I was like Humpty Dumpty. I mean, I had a great, great fall, and now all of the king's horses were actually able to put me back together again. And now I am exactly the pastor you've always wanted. Oh, come on, the yoke's on you. Come on, come on. So I do want you to know, if you've fallen, God will be there to uphold you. What great, wonderful news. Look at, look at number four. Check it out. I love this one. We sin, we must repent and forsake. When we fail, we got to simply get up. I mentioned that about John a moment ago, my little son. I never, when he fell, I didn't say, hey, get up, repent, kid. I just helped him back up. I'm going to give you a couple of verses that are extremely powerful, that will really talk to you in a big way. Put them, please, both up on the screen at the same time. Proverbs 24, 16, for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Calamity in the Hebrew language means sudden destruction. When we're walking in the ways of wicked, sudden destruction occurs, and it's difficult for us to get up. But I do want you to know when the righteous man or woman falls, he gets up seven times. Come on, say, get up. Come on, say, get up. Turn to your neighbor on the right and say, get up. 
Turn to your neighbor on the left and say, hey, second choice, get up. Now say it with a little soul. Just say, get on up. It's so fun to watch the holy people that they just will not participate in anything. Just nothing. And listen, it's so funny, too, because the same person that won't participate in any fun in church, if I see you at the Titans game, you've got your shirt off, you've got your belly painted blue, and that's what you're doing on camera. But you come to church, and all of a sudden, you get a case of the cools. Come on, give me a break. Say, get on up. Look at the next verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Uh, uh, Jeremy Mayer loves this verse. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. I love that verse. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. When I fall, I will arise. Hey, enemy, don't rejoice over me. You, 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 ever, you ever seen a football game, you know, when they're big rivals, which, by the way, my team is back, baby. <laughs> you, have, you ever, have you ever noticed that in the football where teams are big rivals and maybe someone puts a big hit on somebody and, 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 they, and they knock them down, and a lot of times they're a little bit cocky, they'll stand over them, you know, kind of gloat like this, you know, right? How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on, man, you're all so holy, come on. So you know what I'm talking about. And they just stand over and listen to me. That's what it seems like 2020 is doing to a whole lot of us. Just kind of standing over us and gloating. And you need to talk to 2020. And you need to say, hey, 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 I will arise. That's what you need to do. Yeah, we went through the tornado. Yeah, we went through COVID. Yeah, the country's going through social unrest. Uh, 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 Oregon and California, wildfires. Listen, if you live in California right now, you can't even worship in-house. That's why don't you take it for granted that we can come and be here. Don't you take it for granted. And thank God we have a, a, a state, and thank God we have a county that upholds uh, that we're an essential service and that upholds our, our right to worship, which is constitutional. But I can tell you this, if I lived in a state that was holding it unconstitutional, you can rest assured that we would do things wisely and safely, but I would go to jail over this issue. You can rest assured of that. All I ask that you do is you visit me, bring me a cake, put a file in that sucker so I can work my way out eventually. And you know your pastor. You know your pastor's not up here just talking. You know me. I have a deep down conviction that the body of Christ should be able to meet together and that we have a constitutional right to do so. Now, we need to do it wisely and not irresponsibly. We don't need to do it with rebellion in our heart. Thank God, as I mentioned, when governmental authorities are flowing with God, that you should flow with them. But when they're not flowing with the Word of God, you must make sure that you stay under God's authority. You must, and I must. Everybody say it. Say, I will arise. 2020 has just been kind of standing over you. But you need to get up and say, I will arise. Why can't the end of 2020 be better than the beginning? 
And I recognize we're in some real unique times. But right in the middle of this, I, I love the, the, the verse, John 12, 27. The Bible says, for this purpose and for this cause and for this hour, I was born. We're born for this time. I, I love being alive in this time. I know that there's difficulties out there, but that just makes my light shine a little bit brighter, and that ought to make yours shine a little bit brighter, too. We're going to just keep adjusting our way to victory and adjusting our way to victory, and we're going to keep getting up and 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 getting up. I will arise. Enemy, don't you gloat over me. I will arise. That's why me and Anthony, we like the Rocky series. Anybody, anybody old enough to remember the Rocky series? I love the Rocky series. I still will, from time to time, go back to it. One of my favorites is when he does, uh, fights Drago. You, you remember the Russian guy, and the Russian guy takes steroids, you know, and he looks invincible, and, and, and he had already killed Apollo Creed. You remember that? And, and, I, and I love it. Rocky hits him with one of his hooks, you know, and, and Drago bleeds. And they said, see, he is a man. Yeah. He bleeds. That's what I'm saying to 2020. You, you better stop gloating over me because I'm going to keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up. I will arise. That's a word today to those in the house and those online. Uh, say it with me. I will arise. I love that. That puts the fire in my soul. That's good news. So let's redefine it, folks. This, this is just huge. Let's, let's redefine it. Failure and sinning are two different things. Let's redefine it. I, I want you to redefine failure and really begin to understand it as a part of your success. So let me talk to you about redefining failure so that we can say, okay, I can grow through these things. I've, I've fallen, but I'm going to grow. Let, let's, let's redefine it. Number one, check it out. People think failure is avoidable. It is not. In life, if you're going to follow God from time to time, you're going to fail. And people think, well, uh, not, again, sinning, that's a whole different thing. But failure is unavoidable. Let me give you a life point that will help you understand what I'm talking about. Check it out. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And if it's been a long time, then it's about time. I remember when I walked into a room and that phrase came out of my spirit. I was talking to a person and I, and I said that and they said, Pastor, say that again. I said, I wish I could. <laughs> it was difficult, but I was able to capture it and write it down. Check it out. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And it's been a long time, then it's about time. What do I mean by that? There are times in our life when we do things that are new. Let me say it differently. There should be times in your life when we do things that are new. So many of us are creatures of habit, and we get stuck in a rut. But if you're going to grow, when's the last time you've done something for the first time? And if it's been a long time, then it's about time. And see, the second life point will help you understand more of what I'm saying. Check it out. To eventually do something excellently, you've got to, at first, be willing to do it poorly. Can anybody right now, in your mind, don't say it out loud, but in your mind, can you think of something that you do well? If it's shoplifting, if it's gossiping, <laughs> lying, whenever you, you know, I'm really a great liar, Pastor. I can fool almost everybody. Think of something virtuous that you do well and, and think about it. And then now go back in your mind to the time that you did it for the first time. 
No way that you started out doing that with excellence. You start out doing it poorly because you're doing it for the first time. Well, why is that? Because there's a difference between a stretching mistake and a stupid mistake. A stretching mistake is something that I do for the very first time. Oh, oh my goodness. I think, of, <laughs> I think of the very first few services that we had when we moved from Knoxville to this area to start church. We were at another building. It was much smaller than this one. And oh my goodness, there were a very a handful of people that were there. It was embarrassing. Why anybody came back, I have no idea, Jack. I mean, we, we had my lovely wife up there singing. That was great. And then we had one guy playing the keyboards. And he wasn't very good. And our, you know how we have these phenomenal videos and everything, you know, of Lisa Seidemann and, every, and all of that? Man, now... Uh, or back then, we had these graphics that looked like it was, you know, Pong. You remember, you remember, how many old enough remember Pong, you know, like, like, I mean, it was so, how anybody came, and remember now, we're in Nashville, and, and in Nashville, Tim, you remember the early days, in Nashville, everybody can sing, everybody, even the hound dogs can sing in Nashville. And we have this little, hey, you know, and, and, the, and the preacher gets up there, and, 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 you know, I'm just doing the very best we can, and we had, you know, a handful of people come, and I'm telling you right now, we made a lot of stretching mistakes. But stupid mistakes are ones that we keep making over and over and over and over again. At some point, I've got to learn how I many you know the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same things and expecting different results. Thank you so much for that golf clap, Mom. That was a blessing. Listen, listen to me. Anybody remember the children of Israel? 13 days to get out of Egypt and get to the Canaan land. But it took them 40 years. You know why? They kept going around the same mountain over and over and over. That's a stupid mistake. After about 36 years, you might want to stop that. Is anybody with me? Big difference. So understand, if we'll redefine failure and understand it as part of my growing process and part of my success, then we're not so scared to fail. Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you four lessons on lessons. Only your pastor can do that. Because how many know in life we've got to learn some lessons? Four lessons on lessons. Here we go. Number one, in life you'll learn lessons. How many know that's deep? But here's number two, and it's true. A lesson will be repeated until it's learned. Uh, folks, that's how God does it in the kingdom. A lesson will be repeated until it's learned. Can I see everybody's face for just a minute? Look at the pastor. This is huge. In the kingdom of God, you do not flunk tests. You just retake them. So at some point, I got to learn. Third thing you need to know about lessons, if you don't learn the easy lesson, they're going to get harder. Young people, look at me. If you're a young person in your teens or 20s, please, please listen. If you don't learn lessons now, they only get harder as you get older. And at times, they can cost you way too much. Look at number four, and this is worth coming for right here. Change behavior is the true indicator of a lesson learned. 
Does anybody remember John the Baptist? Remember what he said in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8? He said, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. In other words, changed behavior is the true indicator of a lesson learned. I watch a lot of people pass, and I hear this all the time. It's one of my pet peeves. I, I watch people, and they make huge mistakes, and then I'll say, well, you know, here's what the Bible says. And they'll go, I know, I know. If you knew, you wouldn't have done the same thing 50 times. You don't know. Changed behavior is an indicator of a lesson learned. And if there is no changed behavior, that lesson has not yet been learned. Please don't be afraid of the word repentance. It's a biblical word, and it sounds so scary to us. It sounds like, you know, repent, you know, repent. You go and do a, a if you don't turn, you'll burn. You don't get right, you'll get left. Hey, hey, hey. Repent. If you're real southern, repent. Repaint and thin no more. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come on. You, you people will clap for anything. <laughs> Sounds scary. Don't be scared by the word. It is the Greek word metanoia. Meta, change, noia, mind. Change your mind. Change your mind from doing it your way. Turn around and go God's way. And a changed behavior is the true indicator that you have repented. Now listen, think of the word. Repent. I'm a huge student of words. The Greek in the New Testament, the Hebrew in the Old, and I, I even look at English words and the roots and the Latin. I'm, I'm huge because you can discover what something means. I'm huge on that. Repent, re means again, pent, penthouse, to the top. Turn around and go to the top. When you repent, you're making a low decision. You then turn around and begin your ascent towards a higher place. Repenting is not a bad thing. Repenting is a great thing. Because you are beginning your ascent towards a higher place. I promise you, when I repented and received Jesus into my heart, I went from a low place of waking up in my own vomit as an alcoholic to a pastor that has been married to one woman for 30 years successfully, and we love each other still, and we're not just putting on some ministry marriage thing. This is my best friend. I have a very beautiful relationship with my 17-year-old son that's rare with a 17-year-old young man. He comes and tells me everything. We talk about everything. We're open about everything. It's a beautiful thing. When I repented, I began my ascent towards a much better place. So changed behavior is a true indicator of a lesson learned. And so listen to me. I, I really sense this by the Lord right now. Uh, and I didn't say this in the Saturday service. There are some women in the house right now that you've been with an abusive person. And they have promised you over and over and over that they have changed. Do not forget that phrase. Their words mean nothing. Their behavior means everything. Do not go back... 
to them until that has changed for a long period of time. Their words mean nothing. Their behavior means so much more. Helping anybody in the house. So let's redefine what failure is. Let's grow together. And that brings me to number two, and it's so powerful. People think failure is an event, and this is worth coming for right here. It's not. Failure is not an event. What do you mean, Pastor? This life point will really be powerful. This is worth coming for. Me and Hector will be glad we came today. Check it out. Success is not an event, but a process. Failure is not an event, but a process. What do you mean, Pastor? We live in a culture that looks like this. And we say things like, I failed that test. No, you didn't. It just showed up today. You failed a process leading up to that test. My, here we go, my marriage failed. No, it didn't. You failed a process leading up to that place. Now, listen, I know there are people that are in here that are victims and adultery was committed, and and I understand all of those things, and, and so does God. But I'm giving you a general principle that will help you understand. Well, my business failed. No, it didn't. The process leading to that business failure is what failed. And so we put all the emphasis, same thing with success. Well, you ever hear the phrase overnight success? There's no such thing. See, everybody sees all of this. You know, here's this beautiful campus, and God's blessed us, and, and, and we're growing, and we're reaching so many people, and we have no debt, by the way. Come on, give God thanks. And they think, whoa, overnight success. Oh, my goodness, you have no idea how long that night was. There's no such thing. We didn't just all of a sudden succeed. We succeeded in the process. And part of that process was from time to time failing. That's why those of you here today that have gone through a divorce, that should be great news for you. We're not here condemning you. You, okay, you said, well, my marriage failed. No, it didn't. The process failed. But here's the good news. If you can learn and change the process, marriage number two will work. Well, come on, that's, that's good news. We're not, here. We're not here to throw rocks at people who listen. You can't unscramble certain eggs. You can't unring certain bells. I get it. We're not going to go back and do that. You can't live from there. You can only live from, live from here. That's, for what, that's what Joy Church is all about, helping you live from here, not from there. You can't live from there. You've got to live from here today. You, you have a gift called today. You can change today. You can't change that. But you can begin to change the process. And if you don't change the process, I promise you, marriage number two, marriage number three, put any number you want on it, is going to fail until you change the process. That applies to a business, a life, a marriage, a relationship. Pick a thing. You didn't fail the test. You failed the process. And the great news is, if we can change your process... See, that's what, that, that, to those of you struggling with addiction, you, I, I, this just comes to me real strong. You're struggling with addiction. And, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, here's some sort of fall back. You know, I fell back into, no, see, what, what happened was you didn't change the process. Right. If you change the process, I'm listen, I was addicted to everything. 
When I, not everything. I was addicted to so many things when I gave my life to Jesus. I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted, I was, uh, addicted to sex. I was, I was addicted to porn. I was addicted to chapstick. I was addicted to just uh, so many. I had a horrible temper. I would lose it continually. I, should, I would get it. I was an awful fighter. I was, uh, listen, I'd be very, very transparent about it. I was addicted to so many things. But I changed the process in my mind with the Word of God. And as I changed the process, now what happened, I would walk into the same circumstances that would cause me to fall, and now I would succeed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back. I would, I would say no to it. I wouldn't fall back into the booze. I wouldn't fall back into the sex. I wouldn't fall back into the porn because I changed the process. And guys, I haven't fallen back into that for over three decades. It's not a phase, folks. It works, but you've got to change the process. And it's got to be according to the word of the living God. It will make you free long term. So I'm helping you redefine what failure is all about. It really can be a part of your success if you'll change the process. Listen to me. If you've fallen, I will arise. There's such hope in that. If you're here today and the marriage has failed, the business has failed, the life has failed, you've fallen back into sin, I will arise. 2020 has hit you so hard, you're struggling with anxiety. I will arise. There's so much hope in that statement. I will arise.